Blog Talk Radio.
welcome to a special edition of the Urban Wire. I believe it's episode 53. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about a very, very, very controversial topic. Um, the topic, as you can see, based on the show description, is about gay marriage. And as you guys know, um, you've been under a rock. I, I don't understand how you would not know, but um, the subject... Um, that the Supreme Court has been discussing the past few days um, has been dealing with, um, in general, um, gay marriage, but more specifically Prop 8 and NOMA. Um, tonight we're going to be discussing the um, technicalities of that. We're going to discuss the, um, the hearings uh, that um, so many people have been talking about. I mean, and really, um, we, we have a couple of clips we're going to play. We have some audio as well, you know, which is really it's very rare for us to have access to, um, you know, um, some of the Supreme Court hearings. So it, it's very interesting. If you have time to listen to it, I didn't have time to listen to all of it, but from what I've heard, um, you, know, it's, you know, we have some very, very strong and valid points on both sides of the, the issue. But um, the issue to me, comes down more to equality. And that's what this is all about. You know, um, argue, you know, you can argue any way you want, but, you know, I know some people are more conservative, a lot of people are are religious and stuff like that. But when we we talk about um, equality, um, we have to look at it from the the point of view uh, of the Constitution. So we're going to get into that. Um, we're going to have um, my co-host, Michael Snyder. He will be here um, a little after the hour, um, about 10 after the hour. Um, he's going to really, take, you know, lead the discussion in this show because he's really a legal expert. I mean, he went to school for um, criminal justice. He knows the law. He works in law enforcement. And um, he's going to really break it down to us from um, the standpoint of the Constitution and, and try to – you know, and, and kind of explain it to the average person that doesn't know much about law. He's going to break it down to us, and um, we're going to talk about the um, the ramifications of this case and what might develop out of this, even if we don't get um, gay marriage, what what will become out of this case, you know. So we're going to talk about a lot of things. Um, we'll do a little entertainment. I'm going to go to a couple songs here shortly. Um, but before we go, to our uh, mega mix, I want to uh, make a couple of announcements. Um, as we all know, um, we are on um, um, UCOFW um, is the sponsor of this show, um, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. Um, we're also on YouTube. You can check us out at YouTube.com/UCOFW. Um, in, in addition to that, too, I want to make a new announcement that um, we do have a um, Yahoo Messenger IM account. If you want to send us your messages or questions or comments during the show, um, we'll, we'll you know, read them on the show. Um, you can contact us um, via uh, Instant Messenger, and you can um, call us as well with your questions and comments. You can listen to us live or if you just want to listen, that's fine, or you want to make a comment or um, suggestion or whatever, um, feel free to call us at 646-915-8200. Once again, that's 616-915-8200, or you can 
Uh, make a free account. Um, look us up on the UCOFW. You can join us in our chat room, which I'm about to open up here very shortly. Um, also, uh, let me see what else we're doing right now. Um, yeah, just check out our UCOFW page on Facebook as well. We have um, we give updates to the show. Um, you, you know when we'll um, release new videos or we'll um, post excerpts on YouTube um, from our pre- previous shows. So um, we've got a lot going on. But our instant messenger name, I forgot to tell you guys that. If you want to send us in um, an instant message, it is on Yahoo Instant Messenger. It's the Urban Wire underscore Envy. And that's spelled T-H-E-U-R-B-A-N-W-I-R-E underscore Indy, I-N-D-Y. So um, send us your um, send us your IMs. Um, we already got one person that sent us an IM or a friend request. And, um, yeah, just, just get in, you know, get into it, you know, uh, get involved. We, we really want this to be a positive and constructive um, discussion, and um, we'll go to a couple songs, and when we come back, um, we're going to do a little entertainment, and then um, by then, I think Michael should be in, and then we'll start the discussion for tonight. Um, the song that you heard at the beginning of the show, of the show is a new release by Justin Timberlake. Um, you guys really need to go check that album out. It's called The 2020 Experience. So, you know, Mr. Timberlake is back on the scene. You know, doing his thing, you know what I'm saying? So definitely go check that out. Um, we're going to go to Beyonce's new single, Bow Down. And then, you know, we're going to go from there, you know what I'm saying, whatever you, whatever you guys want to hear. Um, you know, just send me a request. If I don't have it, I'll have it by the next show. If you just want to hear certain things on the show or different song requests, let me know. Um, but definitely we're going to go to some um, new Beyonce, Bow Down. And... Um, you know, we're going to get our little groove on. We're going to do about two or three songs, and then we're going to um, jump into entertainment, and then we're going to jump into the meat and potatoes of things, and we're going to talk about our main topic for tonight. So keep it locked. And um, once again, the number to call in is 646-915-8200.
I've been all, I've been all, I've been all. Tell me who gon' take me off, take me off, take me off, take me off. Rolling high, loving wood, keep the trail, that's what's good. Kiss my mama, show that love, pop them bottles in that club. I heard your fool was talking lips, I told my crew to smack that trick, smack that trick. Smack that trick, guess what they did? Smack that trick, gold everything, gold ass chain, gold ass rings, gold ass fangs. You can see me stunt when you're turning the screen. You can see me stunt when you're turning the screen. I'm bigger than life, the name of the life. I'm the number one chick, I don't need no hype. The capital B means I'm about that life. The capital B means I'm about that life.
That's how we ball out. That's how we ball out. That's how we ball out.
A tornado flew around my room before you came. Excuse the mess it made. It usually doesn't rain in Southern California, much like Arizona. My eyes don't shed tears before they fall. When I'm thinking about you, oh no, no, no. I've been thinking about you, you no, no, no. I've been thinking about you. Do you think about me still? Do you, do you, do you not? I-N-D-Y, 
And um, you can call us in, call in to us at um, on our show at six four six nine one five eighty two hundred. And um, you can join us in our chat room. You can um, hit us up on Blog Talk Radio. Just you can make a free account if you want to um, hit us up on the um, chat room there. You feel free to do that. Um, there's plenty of ways to get in touch with us. You can um, hit us up on our Facebook page too. We have a, a group page where you can join, get updates about the show, um, what we're doing, what kind of videos we have coming up. Uh, just, just whatever you want to know about us, uh, feel free to check that link out. We will be having an official website soon, so be on the lookout for that. And as far as our instant messenger is concerned, I really want to give a shout out to. Uh, um, a Facebook friend and a personal friend of mine, um, Kevin Gaither. He is one of our first. Well, he is our first um, um, subscriber to our Yahoo Instant Messenger. So we want to give him a shout out. He made a good point that we're going to mention later on um, when we start getting getting into the uh, discussion of this. But I really want to re- read your IMs because they're very important to us. Your opinion matters on this show. So definitely give us a call. Um, Add us to Yahoo Instant Messenger. That's, that's our new thing. I think it's going to be a really neat addition to our show. Um, you know, I can get to chat with you, you know, with our fans and stuff throughout the show, and you can just, you know, holler at us and uh, communicate with us that way. I think that would be a great way. If you don't want to go on air, you can send us um, a message that way. Um, so um, he might be calling in later on in this show, doing the show when we start discussing this, so he doesn't want me to let him know. When we're discussing that, and I said, um, that's fine, Just uh, I'll let him know, and he'll call in. Um, I think we do have Mr. Michael Snyder, my co-host, on the air. Yes. All right, welcome to the show. I know you got a lot on your mind tonight. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, before we jump into the meat and potatoes of things, um, first of all, how's your evening going? Uh, much better once I'm off work. <laughs> I hear that. So you, 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 I know you heard about the, you know the Yahoo Instant Messenger now. What you think about that? I'm liking it. Um, just got it loaded in here, and I think it's operational for me now. All right. Well, you know we already got some people. We already got um somebody that has sent us a message online, so we want to give him a shout out. Um, and we're going to get to his comment here shortly. I want to do some quick entertainment news before we jump into our main topic for tonight because I got some things to say. I got some things to talk about, Michael. Okay. And you know, I I really just got something to say. I know. Have you heard about the the trouble that Justin Bieber is in? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> You know, not 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 little innocent Justin. I mean, you know, I just I it's just, it's hard for me just to picture little. Uh, I was about to say I was I was about to say something, but I'm, I'm gonna keep it nice. I'm gonna keep it <laughs> because I just okay. For those of you who don't know um, uh, the specifics of this particular story, Justin Bieber is in trouble now, um, and he could be facing charges because. Um, I guess he got into a little altercation, 
And the altercation stemmed from him driving his new Jaguar. I believe it was a Jaguar. Don't, don't quote me on that. But he had a new vehicle. He was racing up and down the streets in his neighborhood that he, he lives in. And he was putting, like, young children in jeopardy. He was causing a disturbance, commotion. And I guess you know how some people think because they are superstars, they can do whatever they want, and they don't have to answer to anybody. So obviously a gentleman confronted him about that and said, hey, you can't be doing this. This is a residential neighborhood, and there's children that are playing around here in the neighborhood. You just can't do that. So I guess Justin got mad because you can't tell Miss Diva nothing. You can't tell her nothing. <laughs> you can't tell her anything because she, she is this queen. Okay, whatever. But anyways, words was exchanged, and a little shoving happened. And on top of that, you know, I guess he spit in the guy's face. Mm. Now, to me, I just need to pause there because what grown man is going to allow Justin Bieber to spit in his face? <laughs> Not too many. That's what I, I want to know right there. So I just I'm confused about this, and I pray that that boy don't get no prison time. Cause I'm gonna say I'm gonna use a line that I heard off the View the other day. No, the talk. I'm sorry, I get those two mixed up. The talk is my favorite, you know, obviously. But I hope he doesn't go to jail because he's gonna be in more demand than a carton of cigarettes once they get a hold to him. <laughs> And I'm sure that there's more truth in that than what we'd like to realize. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I just, oh, well. That would be a good thing to publicize as talk about scared straight. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what. I said, you want to you be talk about scared and you know how he, he's the icon for the young, you know, the teen, teeny boppers and everything. He would make a good candidate for a public service announcement or you know, scare straight program. I'm gonna tell you what, ain't nothing straight about him. I don't know how he gonna scare anybody straight. But I mean, <laughs> but you know, oh well, I said it. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving right on along, I just got a problem with Miss Keisha Cole. Now, for those who who don't know who Keisha Cole is, don't feel bad. She's irrelevant. You know, she she's ghetto, she's hood, and you know, her music is just I don't know. Like I, only song I really can pinpoint that I can think of off the top of my head. I know song she sung, but um, ooh, I don't know. But anyways, that's besides the point. How are you? Trying to come for First of all you came for Kelly Rowland um, She's a member of Destiny Child You came for her Because you're hating on her Because her career Her solo career is blossoming And yours isn't And now you're going to attack Beyonce Because of her new single And try to say she's a part of the Illuminati And you saying this and all that about her Girl this is what I'm saying Don't try to attack somebody Because there are some crazy Beyonce fans out here that will let you have it. But even beyond that, some people kill me. They, they, they're jealous, and then they feel like they have to come after somebody big time because their career is not going anywhere or their career is not up to par with the person that they're hating on. 
So, Miss Keisha Cole, just have a seat. You know what I'm saying? Just have a seat. You know, I'm not knocking you for having your opinion. You have your right to have your opinion. But, like, why are you doing it? Like, you, you have to get on Twitter, and you know you got all these followers. You got all this. To me, I just think that musicians that are in in the same industry, I don't think that – I just think that's not ethical. I think that's in poor taste when you're attacking another person that's in your field. Like, y'all trying to come up. You all trying to make money. You know, instead of hating, I think you guys should learn how to co- collaborate. But that's my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So I just really have a problem with that. And we discussed this. We're going to move right along because we got a lot to talk about. But let's get on Lindsay Lohan. We touched on this last time. This is like her, from what I hear, like her sixth time in rehab. Is that Miss Lohan? Yeah. Uh and I think that's all I have to say about that. Um, this is your sixth time. Wow. All right. Anyways, let's move right on along. <laughs> There's nothing to even say about that. Like, um, at this point, I just don't take you serious. And it's just getting boring. I'm tired of hearing it about it, and I'm not going to talk about it. I just wanted to bring it up. Like, you know, some people are never going to change. Some people make it look bad for people that are trying to change, and that's why people don't take ex-alcoholics or ex-drug addicts serious because you have people like this. that are, They're pretty much jokes. So that's all I have to say, unless you have something to add. Nope, I think you pretty well got it. All right. Um, we're going to open up this show. Do you think we should um, jump with the comment that we have, or should we just start with the audio and then jump into because uh, I'm going to let you do the talking tonight Because um, you know more about this than me And I mean I got a couple of articles That I can that I, I wanted to mention But I know that you, you know, You're going to be having more to say And I got some clips to play too So I mean it's, it's, ever, it's however you want to do it Well why don't you go ahead With some of your articles Okay we're going to go with the articles um, Yep And they're not really long Um Let's see. We're going to go to an article that was released by CBS. And if I can get it to come up. Okay. And pretty much this, this article discusses the five possible outcomes um, from the Supreme Court Proposition 8 case. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just going to read part of it. We're not going to read all of it. Uh, but I just wanted to read um, some of this to guys to you so you can um, kind of see um, what direction we're going to be going to tonight, going towards tonight. All right. Um, well, while you're keying that up, I'll go ahead and give a little intro to this. You would have had to have been living under a rock the last couple of days if you wouldn't have noticed that the Supreme Court has made a very historic move and actually heard arguments regarding the Proposition 8, the gay marriage ban in California, which was voter-initiated. And they also heard the DOMA case, the Defense of Marriage Act. So those were the two cases. One happened Tuesday, one happened Wednesday. Um, They've heard them. For his, the Supreme Court made an actual rather interesting move. They made public the audio clips 
from the arguments in the actual courtroom. And those were put up in a fairly timely manner after the arguments occurred. So, and that, the Supreme Court doesn't typically do that with a whole lot of things. So that's one kind of interesting thing, and we're going to see here what we've got to kind of inform you and keep you all up to date on where that kind of has stood so far. All right. All right, I have this queued up now. Um, and then we're going to jump to next. We have some oral arguments in Doma, too. So I'm going to jump in that, and then um, then we're going to jump to some clips. But this first article comes from CBS News, and um, it reads as such. The second big move the court could make would be to declare that same-sex marriage is not protected by the Constitution. Dellinger continues such a ruling could set the gay rights movement back as much as 25 years. Quote, you would then have a precedent that was a roadblock unless it was overturned, he explained. It would stop. It wouldn't stop the political movement, but the political movement is going to have some difficulty in the court rules against gay marriage because there are 30 states in one way or another that have entrenched the gay marriage ban into their constitution, making it very hard to change the law. Stuart Gaffney, media director for the group Marriage Equality USA, couldn't say specifically how his organization would respond to such a ruling, but noted that in the polls nationwide, and in California especially, the public is increasingly on their side. Quote, we would certainly be keeping that in mind if we didn't prevail at the high court, he said. Now, activists on both sides of the aisle, however, have noted the influence of the court. Quote, the Supreme Court's decision, decisions are not without effect in terms of the law, but in also the terms of legitimizing positions, unquote. Chris Gaig, a senior fellow at the Conservative Family Research Council, told CBSNews.com, quote, it's like saying you have the right, you have the weight of the Constitution behind you, unquote. Gaik and other conservatives have argued the court shouldn't interfere on an issue decided directly by the voters, like Proposition 8. Okay, now this next session, section um, of the article deals with um, there's, no dif- there's no difference between marriage and civil unions. All right, in a third alternative, the Supreme Court may decide that states that recognize same-sex civil unions or domestic partnerships and provide them with nearly the same benefits of marriage cannot legitimately bar same-sex marriage. That decision could extend same-sex marriage to California and eight other states that currently have comprehensive civil union or domestic partnership laws. And it is an argument that that Obama that the Obama administration has put forward. Um, let's, let's skip down here. To the next page. Um, all right. The same sex marriage. Okay, this next section discusses the same sex marriage protected in California. Um, in the fourth opinion 
the Supreme Court ruling could apply just to California because of the case unique the case's unique circumstances. Voters in California passed Proposition 8, the ballot initiative banning same-sex marriage in 2008. After the California Supreme Court had granted same-sex marriage, I mean same-sex couples the right to marry, that put California voters in a unique position of taking away rights granted by the court. After Proposition 8 passed, the federal court, followed by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, said Proposition 8 was unconstitutional. While this option wouldn't extend same-sex marriage across the country, gay rights activists would still consider it a victory. Quote, obviously we believe that every American is entitled to the most basic freedom to marry the person they love, Daphne said. While we're very hopeful for a landmark ruling, we are also aware that there are specific circumstances in California. Proposition 8 divided California into marriage has and have not. That is a wrong that needs to be undone. Uh, next section, uh, this is another one. Dismiss the case on procedural grounds. Okay, this could be another thing that could develop out of this. And yet another option, the court could decide the proponents of Proposition 8 have no standing in court and dismiss the case entirely. That's another thing that can happen. Normally, California's governor and attorney general would defend the state in law, the state law in court. In this case, however, they declined to appeal the district court's ruling striking it down, uh, striking down Proposition 8. Instead, supporters of Proposition 8 took it upon themselves to appeal. Dellinger filed an anarchist brief with the Supreme Court arguing that the Proposition 8 supporters have no legitimate reason to be in court. Quote, in my eye, the California case was over when the two couples won their victory in the trial court, which held that they were entitled to marriage license, Dellinger said. Quote, the Supreme Court only hears cases when there are parties who have adverse interests become coming into the court, before the court. The people who sponsored the referendum do not, in my view, have a dog in that fight. Some gay rights advocates agree with their argument. Quote, to some observers, it, was, it could feel like a technicality, but I believe the standing issue speaks to the fundamental point of law and principle of marriage equality, Gaffney said. You have to be harmed to continue a lawsuit. Had the other side had been harmed, that would have entitled them to make an appeal in this case. Marriage equality means the world to same-sex couples and their families and loved ones, and it does not take away from anyone else, unquote. All right, and uh, that was pretty much the, the gist of that article. Um, I didn't read that article entirely. But they have like a good graphic on here, um, kind of breaking down um, states that have same-sex marriage laws. And um, it seems to me, just looking at this chart of the United States, uh, most of the the states that are in favor of gay rights or like they have um, statutes or ju the judicial system. 
decisions allowing the same-sex marriage are pretty much mostly, I see on here, mostly in the northeast part of the country. And um, Indiana, which, you know, this is where we're based out of, they have statutory bans on same-sex marriage uh, without civil unions. And, and, and we were one of uh, five states that that, uh, that are under that provision. But the majority of the states I see there are with constitutional bans on same-sex marriages, which is the 30 states, most of them, they're all the southern states, of course. No, surprisingly. Yeah, and surprisingly, a lot of the West Coast states have them, which that really surprised, that shocked me right there. So, um, but Washington State, um, they have statutes or judicial decisions allowing same-sex marriage. That's like one of the few... Uh, states on the West Coast that, that allow that. Um, Illinois, um, they have statutes allowing civil unions, but not marriage, gay marriage. I so, do know that Illinois is working on the marriage thing as we speak. Yeah. And then some, I think, yeah, there's a couple states that have no legislation on same-sex marriage. So we got a lot of uh, there's some states that are making progress, but most of the states that are really um, pushing uh, gay marriage or that they have that uh, are in in the Northeast. So I'm, I was really surprised to see how that um, the West Coast they're really you know I I didn't know they the South didn't surprise me, but the West Coast kind of surprised. But um, pretty much, I mean, the other articles, we can skip those, but I really want to at least read that and bring that to the discussion. Okay. I know we got to discuss, and uh, I know I have some clips I want to play. Um, yeah, some of them came from actually, uh, there, was a, there, was a, there was a clip that I want, I want to play really quick um, discussing, the, you know, the possible outcomes of these uh, hearings. And also I want to play a clip kind of like a, a, a piece of the actual hearing itself. When I, rem- I, I remember, like, one of the justices, they kind of got into it. He was kind of annoyed about, like, you know, um, uh, I forget, I forget uh, the justice uh, name, but he was discussing, like, um, when did the right become um, unconstitutional or something like that. You remember that part? By justice Scalia, I believe. Yes, Scalia. And we're going to play a part of that because I, I think that's a very – uh, very, very. That was one of the most, one of the heated parts of that hearing, and I wanted to play a part of that hearing a little bit, and then I'm gonna let Michael take over the show. So we're gonna go to a couple of these clips. We're gonna come back, and then you know I'm gonna let Michael uh, lead the discussion tonight because he knows more about the law than me, and I'm just you know, and he and he knows the real, the, the 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 legal uh, language, and he's gonna break it down to us, and pretty much you know. Uh, we're going to get to, um, in a little bit, we're going to get to some of our comments that we've had IM'd to us. So, um, yeah, we're going to go through this really quick, and we'll come back with our discussion. Yeah. 
But, Ms. Jackson, I mean, to go back to Justice Kennedy's point, we have injury here in the most classic, most concrete sense. There's $300,000 that's going to come out of the government's treasury if this decision is upheld, and it won't if it isn't. Now, the government is willing to pay that $300,000, would be happy to pay that $300,000. But whether the government is happy or sad to pay that $300,000, the government is still paying the $300,000, which in the usual set of circumstances is the classic Article III injury. Why isn't it here? But, Mr. So this is totally unprecedented. You're asking us to do something we have never done before to reach the issue in this case. Let me say two things about that, if I might, Your Honor. First is that it's, it's unusual, but that's not at all surprising, because the — No, it's not just — it's not unusual. It's totally unprecedented. Uh, your partner is sick. Um, Social Security, I mean, it's, it's pervasive. It's not as though, well, there's this little federal sphere, and it's only in a tax question. It's, it's as Justice Kennedy said, 1,100 statutes, and it affects every area of life. And so you would be really diminishing what the state has said is marriage. You're saying, no, states, there are two kinds of marriages, the full marriage and then the sort of skim milk marriage. The question before the Court is whether the exclusion that DOMA imposes violates equal protection, and it does violate equal protection because you can't treat this as though it were just a distinction between optometrists and ophthalmologists, as, as the Lee Optical case did. This is a different uh, kind of a situation because the discrimination here is being visited on a group that has historically been subject to terrible discrimination on the basis General, of a person. That's, that's the same in the example that he just gave you, that discrimination would have been visited on the same group. And you say there it's okay. Well, and I think it's time for the court to recognize that this discrimination excluding lawfully married gay and lesbian couples from federal benefits cannot be reconciled with our fundamental commitment to equal treatment under law. This is discrimination in its most very basic aspect. All right, we're back. I um, just wanted to play that clip. Actually, I was trying to f- um, find the clip, um, What to Expect, which I'm going to play that next. I got it. Um, but that clip came from uh, part of the hearing where I guess um, they were – make sure I get this right um, – saying, calling it, quote, unquote, a skim milk marriage. And I just wanted to play that clip because I found that one online. And then after we're going to discuss that when we get back. Um and then uh, we're going to go to this clip from, uh, I believe, yeah, between CBS News, and we'll be back shortly. You're the lead on the lead. There are a lot of legal issues and torts and weeds, but basically for you, this comes down to one question. One question, both cases, same question. Can the government, in giving out benefits, whether it's, taxes, whether it's marriage, whether it's child custody, can the government say gay people get one set of benefits and straight people get another? Can gay people get less? Those are really the questions in both cases. 
And the court has never really answered that question clearly, and we should know a lot more um, tomorrow. And in terms of court watching, we know that there are generally four, traditionally, four liberal justices, we assume, will support same-sex marriage, three or four conservative justices who will probably oppose it. Does this, like so many other cases before it come down, to Justice Kennedy. Anthony Kennedy is the most powerful judge and maybe the most powerful person in America because of that split you talk about. One reason why supporters of same-sex marriage are optimistic about his vote is that even though Kennedy usually sides with the conservatives, same, uh, gay rights has been a subject where he has sided frequently with the liberals. He's the author of the two most important gay rights decisions. Uh, at the Supreme Court. So there's a lot of optimism among gay rights supporters that they will get his vote on either or both of these cases. And lastly, Jeff, the, uh, the presence of Chief Justice Roberts' lesbian cousin, um, and we're not telling the viewers anything that she hasn't announced to the world. Is there any significance to her presence there tomorrow? You know, John Roberts is going to decide this case on the merits, and I don't know how he's going to come out. But I also know about John Roberts' background. I've, you know, I've written about him a lot. He's from a very conservative town in a conservative part of northern Indiana, Catholic family, very serious, observant Catholics, very Republican family. I had no idea until the LA Times broke this story that he had an um, openly lesbian, very close cousin. But that's America today. And it is just, a, I think, a very revealing window into how the country has changed. All right, Jeffrey Tubin, thank you so much. All right, that was um, a clip that I wanted to play. And in that clip, I just, they made some good, some good uh, valid points, and especially you know, when they made the point about, you know, the direction this, this country is heading today. Like, surprisingly, there are many people that are in support of um, just in general gay rights, but specifically gay marriage. So um, at this point, it, it, it could go either way. I, I believe it could go either way. Very true. And, you know, like I said, you know, maybe, you know, uh, you know, when people are, are, are closely affected by it, it causes them to be more open about it, even if they're, even if they're conservative. I mean, like, you know, like the gentleman said in the clip, like, you know, uh, not conservative, but, I mean, they'll become more open or liberal about it because, I mean, people realize that, you know, that's just the way of life today. I mean, we all know somebody. I mean, most people have a close relative, a close friend that's gay. Like, it's something that affects all of us. So, like, you know, you know, you, you, you would want someone that, that you're close to or that, that that's a family member or a friend or or whatever, you would want them to have the same rights that you have. I mean, you be you, you develop more of a humanistic um point of view when it comes to that issue. I mean, and of course, you know, you have to look at it from an objective point of view, especially when you're dealing with the constitution. But I think many times when it doesn't affect you, I think I mean, honestly, people are gonna sway which way, I mean, you try to be objective and walk that line, but realistically, in a realistic world, they're going to veer either right or left based upon their religious uh, convictions or their personal, you know, convictions or um, if they're, you know what I'm saying, if they're affected by a person. 
So that's just how I feel about that. So I don't know. I'm gonna let you jump into this, Michael, and uh, and and let us know uh, what you have for us tonight. All right. Well, what I would like to do is recap the significant points from the Prop 8 and the DOMA arguments. I start out with Prop 8 because that's where I started out with reviewing all this stuff. Uh, Proposition 8, this real quick synopsis behind it was California had made available gay marriage. Five months later, Proposition 8 comes to the voter ballots to ban gay marriage. And it passed very, very, very narrowly. I mean, we're talking like 51% just barely over the line to pass. So then that shoved back no more gay marriage. So there was a five-month window gap in there where people could get married, and then now all of a sudden they can't. But they did enact civil unions so that there was something there. The problem is the civil unions do not get you or qualify for the same things entirely that the gay marriage did. So there was the problem. So people, the governor of California, a group of people, decided to sue that were claiming injury because of the law and the governor of California and the attorney general of California said we agree that this is wrong and we agree that gays should be allowed to marry so we're not going to defend the law have at it take it to court so without a defender as typical by statute Another group of people jumped up and said, we will defend the law. We will defend it in court. So there starts your court proceedings. So long story made real short, Ninth Circuit, of court, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is a federal appeals court, ruled this is wrong. Gays should be allowed to marry. You can't make it. You can't give the rights and then take the rights away. And then on top of it, you can't make it at like a, the standpoint of, well, you can't qualify for this and that, but you can have a civil union. Ninth Circuit said you can't do that. Now it ends up in the Supreme Court. So what we have here, at the, outcome, at the start out, all of the justices were wanting to start out with the procedural issue. The procedural issue here is, if the governor and the attorney general will not defend this in court, who has the legal right to defend it in court? So that caused a great deal of problems there between Article 2 and Article 3, which happens to deal with the judiciary system, a branch of government, executive branches of government, who does what, and all that good stuff. So as that applies to the California Proposition 8 case, they, the Supreme Court has a couple of outs. One, they could say, we'll just let the Ninth Circuit's ruling stand. Or they could say, no, we agree that you can't give the right and take it away, and we also agree that you should be entitled to it. It has to be equal. Take it back. But in doing so, 
if they were to go that route, then that would put one heck of a standing on the states, for example, that have civil unions but no gay marriage. That would force them to have to enact gay marriage. So there's a whole lot of, you know, then they go into the whole points where they're debating, you know, the first legal hurdle is the Article 2, Article 3, judicial perspective versus the executive perspective. That's the first hurdle they got to get through. So you will see a decision made on that by the court, definitely. They will have to rule on that. Now, as far as the gay marriage goes, with the concept of Proposition 8, therein is where we're looking at the real meat of the case. Why was it done? Was it done with malice? Was it done with because as one of the justices, and I can't remember if it was uh, Justice Kagan or Justice Sotomayor, had said, well, you have one or the other, but they're really not equal. You know, but at the same time, the court doesn't want to penalize California for actually taking a, a, a several and many pro-gay laws that California does have on the books they're not trying to undo that or punish the state of California. So in the case of California, the justices, and you can tell it come up by two or three different justices, they're looking, they specifically said, if we walled off California from the rest of the United States, how could we make this ruling apply to California? Considering that you've seen liberal and conservative justices ask that question, you're looking there at, I think, they definitely don't want to make this a broad, encompassing thing. They're trying to just handle the facts of the matter at hand. So the facts of the matter at hand are, and it was said that you can't say, well, they're different, but the rights of the majority, the intentions of the majority do not have a right to discriminate against a minority. So all of these factors are coming into play. Is there going to be a great sweeping ruling on gay marriage? No. I can tell you right now there won't be out of Prop 8 because the justices, like I've said, they're already looking for a way to restrict it to California only. However, other states that have civil unions on, on their books, that's going to affect them. Because basically they're going to, from the way it sounds like, if they've got a civil union, then they're probably going to have to convert it to a marriage. So there's a lot of, it's impossible to tell for sure which way the court's going to rule on it. Um, but this, some of this will also apply to the DOMA case as well, and I'll get into that in a few minutes. So bare bones, the justices did not like the singling out. They clearly did not like that. It was very clear that, you know, they realized, and Justice Kennedy, who is the swing vote, as was mentioned in one of those articles earlier, he said, well, there's almost 40,000 children that are being raised by same-sex couples, and they want their parents to be considered married. He said, doesn't the will of the children have a significant role to play in this? So you see Justice Kennedy, who is 
by normal circumstance, the swing vote, he's leaning towards, you know, something needs to be done here. So that's kind of where we're sitting at. I think in my personal prediction of what's going to go is you're going to find a definite legal precedent going to be set regarding Article 2 and Article 3 stuff, which is, for lack of a better term, the boring aspects of, you know, who can defend the law, who has the right to defend it, and if these people don't defend it, who can? You're going to see a precedent come out of there. Furthermore, I do think that most likely, just seeing how the justices have spoke, you're probably going to see gay marriage legalized again in California. However, they're going to really, really, really try hard to restrict it to California only. However, whatever ruling they make and the points of law that they cite, that's still going to bring something to the table for the gay rights movement. Because even though they may say in their ruling, this is to apply to California only, the basic principles of law are going to continue that are used in this ruling are going to be brought up in other cases all across the country. So as you see this progress, you're going to find out that even though they say, well, this applies California only, the precedent is still going to be brought up in courts, and it's going to be factored into the reasoning of further rendering of decisions. So that's kind of where you're looking at. Something will come out of Prop 8. I just don't really think it's going to be the big, broad, sweeping change that everybody would be hoping for. But still, they definitely have their their feet planted on where they're leaning with all this. So, so, uh, so as far as Prop 8 goes, that's about as much as I think I could probably give to them there. I, I had a quick question, I mean, your opinion. Um, so do you think, like you just mentioned, that even if, like you said, uh, 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 you know, we don't get the victory that um, – People are hoping for. Do you think that the the general issue of gay rights will be uh, looked at as a result of these these hearings? Or I mean, especially like when you know we're discussing like um, you know the whole issue of gay marriage. But like, what about other like basic rights as far as gay in, gay individuals are concerned? Like you know, um, like employment. Like you know, you know, not being um, able to be targeted based on one's sexual orientation. Do you think, or just basic rights in general? Do you think that it's going to open up the door for um, people to start looking at these issues? Locally? Oh yeah. I mean, not not even just nationally, but locally. Oh, absolutely. And the reason I can say that wholeheartedly is. I can't remember if it was the Prop 8 or the DOMA. There was one point in there when I believe it was uh, Justice Sotomayor had asked an individual, said, can you give me a reason other than marriage why a gay person should be singled out as not allowed to do something? And she used the very example of, say, a job. And the person that was obviously against the representing the case for against the gay rights movement, he said, no, ma'am. She goes, good, because I think we would have issue with that. 
So right there in the arguments, it's pointed out there, if you're trying to bar someone from an employment status based upon their sexual orientation, the Supreme Court, she's saying right up there, good, I think we would have an issue with that. She's basically telling them, don't try it. Don't even think about it. So you, with that being said and hit, had in these oral arguments, that's definitely showing where the line better be drawn in the sand. Because if it goes to court, it'll be an easy win. Whatever place it is would easily have discriminatory lawsuits slapped against them and very easily would the individual win the case. So, and everybody, you know, listening to this should be saying, well, duh, kind of a no-brainer. But it's sad, though, that in sometimes today's day and age, the point has to be stated. So I do think, getting back to your question, I do think that this is going to push the envelope and really make a stand for other places to handle gay rights issues because of the fact of the Supreme Court is saying, hey, listen, we're getting involved now. We've let it go. We won't. We will get involved if we think we need to. Don't push it. Now, I mean, do, what makes, in your opinion, what makes this case so unique? Because I mean, we're really seeing like some things, like you know, like, uh, I mean, you know, we're seeing in this, you know, this this whole discussion, like how, like, like we were mentioning how a lot of information is being offered to the public that normally isn't, at you know, especially at this. <laughs> Uh, you know, this this quick. What makes this this so different from a lot of other cases you think that are being uh, heard by the Supreme Court? Do you think that the fact that because I've heard this mentioned, like a lot of the the research behind this issue, there is 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 pretty much a new. I mean, even though that I mean, this is something that's been going on since the beginning of time, like, you know, gay relationships and gay, but there's not really a lot of um, official research or a lot of things out there that can back up a lot of these claims or that can be used in even, like, in any arguments. Do you think that that is one thing that makes this unique or, I mean, what other things you think make, make this whole, like, uh, topic unique? Well, and I think that it is, the court of public opinion that is driving it because it's such a hot button issue and there's so much in the news. If you Googled news for gay marriage, you could find a new article by a popular news company every day. You know, it's, it's such a hot button topic and there's so much heated debate around around this, not only in just private life of the pri- of citizens, but on a public stage, a political stage, you know, entertainment industry, people that are coming out or making comments about things. It's so popular and it's so em- embroiled in just passion from both sides of the spectrum that I think that's why, for example, the Supreme Court has on their website, boom, audio of the oral arguments. That's not done very often. I don't recall it being done before, 
However, some source of sources had told me that it's been done before, but it's very unusually rare. It doesn't happen very often. So obviously the government is taking notice and realizing, hey, the hot button issue here is a lot of people out here that want to uh, hear about this. Maybe we should make this available. Typically, the arguments wouldn't come available until probably when the ruling come out. However, now they were put right up there the same day and just a few hours after the closing of the presenting of the cases. So you're finding this out there and you're finding such heated topics that mean a lot to a lot of people. And that's driving the demand and evidently the government is listening as well as much as anyone else is. So um, that that pretty much, uh, like you said, I mean that really sums up the prop, you know, prop eight side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know, um, I mean, you were discussing this is really going to be a hard call to call tonight. But yeah. I really, think, you know, because we're about to jump into the doma side of things, I think that has more. I mean, both of them are, are going to have a significant. Um, I mean, they're going to have some type of pull on, you know, what mm-hmm. happens in the future. But I think the DOMA side of things really is going to determine a lot. You know what I'm it saying? will. And it, you okay with me just going ahead and jumping into that summary? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, the basic synopsis of DOMA is the Defense of Marriage Act, signed in 1996, passed through the House and the Senate, and signed by President Bill Clinton. Okay, Bill Clinton has since said, I don't agree with it. I believe it's unconstitutional. It needs to be thrown out of here. The Obama administration says, I don't believe in it. I think it's unconstitutional, and I will not defend it. To which the attorney general, or solicitor general, says, well, if the president says that, says so, I'm not going against the president. I'm not defending it either. Okay, now what do we got? But Obama did say, I will continue to enforce it. Oh, wow. So that means the people being denied their rights continue to be denied their rights. That's not good. But he, was, he says, I will not defend it in court. He said, I will leave that up to the courts and quite possibly the Supreme Court until they tell me for certain to no longer deal with this law. Which, so that's where you have going into the Supreme Court case. So now Congress decides, okay, well, if they're not going to defend it, then we will. So then Congress has started, hired private practice attorneys, paid on behalf of the government, to defend this law in court. Now, we end up at the Supreme Court. So, herein is the Supreme Court, and now the first thing off the books that they want to look at is the same thing with Proposition 8. Article 2 and Article 3 things. You know, the powers of the judiciary branch, the powers of the executive branch, you know, who has the right to defend this law if one doesn't, And there were some very harsh words for the president out of the Chief Justice John Roberts. He had said, okay, 
the president has said, I believe it's unconstitutional, and I'm not going to defend it. But the president still says, I will still enforce it. Chief Justice goes further to say, why doesn't he have the guts to follow his own convictions and not enforce it? He said it's just that simple. If he believes it's unconstitutional, why is he waiting on us to make the decision and instead still enforcing it? He said that seems like a no-brainer to me. So the president might catch a little heat out of this as well. And, and this is my thing, you know. Like I said, I'm usually I'm not that type. Of, I'm just gonna keep it real, you know. Obama, if he's going to run off of the campaign, or run off the promise that we're off the change, and he he he, you know, always said I'm I'm always for radical change. This is one thing that you need to be trying to stand for, and you know. I mean, to me, it's just like I don't know. Sometimes I question, like, where's this boldness? Where's this change that you're talking about? Like, you know, I mean, like, if you know something's wrong, then why are you upholding it? Like, that's just I, I'm, I'm in agreement to that. Like, well, you know, and I, I, you know, that, I agree with that too. But I think there's a certain beauty or method to the madness here, and this is what I think the president really intended. Because he stands up there and says, I believe it's unconstitutional, we're not going to defend it, but we're still going to enforce it. What that does is that allows the situation to continue, and by doing that, that means people in masses will continue to sue for the rights that they are due to them. Mm -hmm. And therefore, since he doesn't defend it in court, by de facto – They win. Now, here comes the Republicans' appointments on who they've appointed to defend it in court. Okay, well, somebody's going to defend the law. But as the president, being in politics and playing the political game, he knows as long as the law is still on the books and still being enforced, people will continue to sue. And if you've got enough people continuing to sue and continuing to push, it forces someone to change it, because do you think he's going to get it through in law to have it repealed? Well, hell no, he won't, because he won't be able to get it through the Republican opposition. But if he gets enough power leveraged in the courts against it, there then the courts will stand up to it. So there could be a certain method to his madness. So... Oh, and one of the biggest things I forgot to tell about the case, the case itself in the DOMA case, Defense of Marriage Act, basically says for the purposes of federal law, marriage will be considered between one man and one woman. It's what they call under Section 3 of DOMA. So that's the whole thing because now you have states where gay marriage is legal, And you have people legally married in these states collecting state benefits, survivor's benefits, Social Security, you know, health insurance. You have these legal partners that are totally legal at the state level by the laws in their state, and now they are filing for federal, and the government said, nope, I don't think so. Oh, wow. So therein is your problem that is at the heart of the case. 
That's the heart of the meat and potatoes of it. So like with the Proposition 8 on a state level, now we get into DOMAs, which is now on the federal level, and we have kind of the same conflict that California had procedurally. Article 2 and Article 3 questions regarding, you know, did does Congress have the right to have someone defend this law for them, or does it have to be a member of Congress? Who does it have to be? You know, why is the executive branch not doing their job? Why is the judicial branch doing this? So there's a great, just like there was with Proposition 8, there's this great procedural conflict here. And that's what the judges are saying is, this is unprecedented. Why is this even here? So then when they get to the heart of the matter, you have this lady that who was married to her spouse, uh, another woman, for 40 years. They went to Canada. They got married in Canada. They moved back to New York. They are living in New York when, at the time when the one partner passes away. At this time, they've had more than 40 years together. So they go, and at the time when she passed away, New York did not have gay marriage. Wasn't on the books yet. So, but New York had agreed to honor their marriage for state purposes and for estate purposes for taxation-wise. So then she goes to the federal government. Well, the federal government says, by the authority vested in the Defense of Marriage Act, we do not recognize your marriage because it is of the same sex. And since we do not recognize it, by the way, all the stuff that you inherited, even though you two were together for 40 years, you owe us $365,000 inheritance tax. Yeah. To which, had she been a recognized spouse, she wouldn't have had to pay a dime of it. Oh, wow. And see, oh. and that's what people don't realize. This is more, this, 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 this issue goes deeper than because right. now you're getting into it is an equality thing because you know you're starting you know like like you said like you know what makes their relationship any more or less valid than the next relationship you know what I'm saying especially if mm-hmm. they are partners and they have went through the ceremony and went through all this stuff to become uh, married now you're dealing with you know I, I you're dealing with property you're dealing with money. You're dealing with, a, a, I mean, you know, you're dealing with a whole gamut of issues. And that's what people need to realize. If you're listening, that's what you need to realize. It's not just that people just, you know, or just want to get married because it's just the end thing to do or it's something to do. There are people that are in legitimate relationships that, and I've heard it so many times, like these people just want, you know, I mean, of course, they, you know, some people may definitely want, to you know, have the the opportunity to get married, have a ceremony, and this and that. But a lot of people they want the same legal rights that a, a, a heterosexual couple wants. Because I've heard of so many cases where uh, a person has, um, you know, a same-sex couple has been together for many years, and they have like a, you know appeared like a lot of you know possessions, and they've. Um, you know, they built life together. They bought a house. They, you know, and all this stuff. And then the, one of the partners die, and then the family that that, that hasn't wanted anything to do with them. 
They come around like vultures. They come in. They can take whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Because, because you like have they no rights as a surviving person. Yeah, and there's nothing they can do, nothing that the partner can do legally. They don't have a legal leg to stand on. So, it, it, you know, that's, that's, that's the gist of this. That's why our people are standing up because it's just not right. Right. So what you're hearing going back and forth in the arguments, and, you know, there's what I'll call first the boring part, the Article 2, Article 3, executive power, judicial power, all that being haggled with. But then the last half of it is the, really the meat of the problem. And here's some of the background of procedural facts that go into this. The government, the federal government, has always allowed the state, the individual states to set marriage laws. It's never been the responsibility of the federal government. The only thing that the federal government has said in the past is that you have a right to marriage by the pursuance of your own life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for a host of reasons. That's the only real thing that the federal government has ever played a role in it. And that was through a judicial thing, not a, a law that was passed. That was through judicial opinion. So what you're looking at now is the fact that states have the authority to make up the rights, and because of this governmental law, it's overstepping its legal boundaries by trying to now all of a sudden say, we're going to tell the states what they can and can't do in a matter of speaking because they're going to say, well, we're going to recognize it between one man and one woman, when traditionally it's up to the states. That's, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, whether we agree with it or not, that's how it's been in legal precedent. So they're sitting here going, okay, well, you have states that have this made legal, but you as the federal government are supposed to honor a marriage from the states, and you're not honoring it. So what are they going to do? And then that's where, you know, Justice Ginsburg said, well, she said, then what about states that offer, you know, civil unions? She said, that's kind of like the difference of saying whole milk marriage and skim milk marriage. Exactly. You know, she said, here's where you're coming into conflicts. She goes, we have all these problems. She said, the federal government, basically what they're saying is the federal government shouldn't have a dog in it. The federal government should just take whatever the state says. But it's got to be equal, and it's got to be fair. So there are many different approaches that's coming out of all this. And one of the things that I'm interested to see how this is going to play out is, number one, oh, and that was another thing. They had mentioned that a marriage is supposed to have full faith and credit. For those who don't know what that means, it's kind of like a driver's license. If you have a driver's license that is valid in the state of Indiana, when you go to Ohio or Kentucky, your driver's license is valid in Ohio or Kentucky. So the marriage license is supposed to have a full faith and credit with it as well. If you are married in one place, you go to another state, they should have to recognize it as well. So herein is the problem. Because other states are refusing to recognize a same-sex marriage that, say, come from New York, since they're legal now, 
If you got legally married in New York, you come to Indiana, Indiana's saying, nope, sorry, we don't allow that here. But... Almost pointless. It's, it's useful. The, the marriage license or, or just the marriage in general is like more useless. I mean, than the paper is written on because it's like you, it's not transferable. You can't. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, so. Well, it's that me, way if you're gay. It's not that way if you're straight. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's yeah. what I'm saying as far as like the, you know like gay marriage is concerned. You know, it's almost like what's the point of getting married because if you look, you you can't go anywhere else in this country and, and you know it's not you know acknowledged they they won't acknowledge it so I don't know like I mean it's, it's good that certain states have it but like if, if it's not going to be to where you can go to any you, you can go to any state in this country like you and your partner you know decide that you want to move and you go to a state that doesn't have it I mean what's the, it's almost like it's pointless you you know. Right. So, so here's the one of the surprise things that I have to say about the DOMA ruling. In the facts presented at the DOMA ruling, we have all these mitigating circumstances. It's pretty clear cut that the Defense of Marriage Act under Section 3 that specifically says, for federal law purposes, marriage will be between one man and one woman. It's pretty clear that the justices are going to throw that part out. That's, yeah. it, it's just a pretty damn clear that that part's going to get knocked down because it's an intrusion into the state's rights. So, but in the process of doing this, they're going to have to reinforce full faith and credit. Now, this is where I have been saying, and some people think don't necessarily agree with me, but just on the background of the case itself, you have a potential, I think, to see more marriage equality being forced out of the DOMA ruling than you do out of the Prop 8 ruling. And the reason I say that is by them having to address the federal government's role, they're going to have to address other aspects of marriage. Therefore, you could possibly see a lot of positive ground come out of this that I don't think that people have really thought about too much. Because as they start to say, well, you have a civil union, but it's not the same because you have the whole milk marriage and the skim milk marriage, Mm -hmm. that's going to force states that have civil unions to have to Obviously, they can't give a right and take it away, so they would probably have to force it to be an equal marriage. Doing so is then going to force some state constitutions into problems because you have so many states that have constitutional amendments barring it. But then if they also push the factor of full faith and credit, say you get married in New York today where gay marriage is legal, and then you move back to Indiana – Ah, there's going to have to be an issue here. So because of this Supreme Court ruling, there's so much more, I think, that DOMA has the potential to make a national impact than probably so Prop 8. Right. So that's my kind of my summary of how I'm seeing a lot of this come down the pike. Now, um, we've discussed, you know, uh, Prop 8 and DOMA from 
a legalistic point of view. We've discussed it, you know, um, as you know, we we you know, as far as this is concerned. But something that I wanted to um, address, and then we're gonna get to an IM that I received earlier um, in the broadcast, is how do you think the religious community or the you know the Christian community, I should say, how what do you see coming? From stemming from this, how do you think they're going to oppose this? Do you think there's going to be a great uh, deal of opposition from from the religious community, and do you think that they will begin to be, be outright, you know, out forward with their discrimination towards the GLBT community? Well, I mean, just in, in summary, like, what do you what do you see from the religious community? Like, how, how do you think that? I mean, what are going to be the ramifications of this? This, you know. Especially if it if it passes. Well, I think that's a very good question. And what you see here is, for the most part, we're going to have to say that the majority of faiths in the United States, the majority, do not approve of same-sex marriage. The majority do not. So, therefore, if there is a ruling coming out of these cases that furthers marriage equality, well, let's just say it like it is. They're going to be pretty ticked off, and they're going to be pretty miffed with how that – they're going to say it's encroaching upon their faith when, you know, you can practice the faith you want. just doesn't mean you can force it down everybody else's throat, but that's beside the point. But getting back to another part of your question where you had asked – would that maybe cause them to outwardly discriminate more? Well, they have a limited amount of power, but the power that they do hold over the people is pretty powerful in its own right. Right. And do I think it will possibly cause them to discriminate more? I think there's a a high probability to it, but they'll do it with a beautiful smile on their face in the process. Now, as far as the legality of it, the legality, the church can't do a whole lot of legal discrimination upon an individual, especially if the individual stands up and says, don't care, I'm going to do what I want to do, see you later, I'm walking out of your church. There's not a whole lot that the church really That's a whole thing. There's a lot of... Um, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, um, oh God, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Like when you have a call, there's a lot of calls within a lot of these religions, and, and, and a lot of times, though, like you mentioned, like a lot of those cults within, like 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 you look at that um, Westworld, that's how powerful they are. You know, mm-hmm. um, they may not legally have right, but they. Those are cults, and those those people have extreme, like a, a, a huge control over people's minds. And a lot of times, it's for goals like um, those. A lot of you know, I mean, a lot of times it's um, a lot of times it, it, it's more powerful than you know. The actual legal side of things, so that's why I, that's mm-hmm. why I brought the entire thing about um, um, 
you know, how, how do you think the religious community is going to uh, respond to this? Because I think you're going, to see them, you're going to see them a lot standing up on their religious tenets a lot more forcefully, which I would really caution them about doing so because one of the things is people have gay gay friends, they have gay family members, they have gay colleagues and coworkers, and they really need to caution how they're doing this. Mm-hmm. But I think that you're going to definitely see them taking a more hard-nosed approach to the tenets of their faith. Right. And you, uh, we know that the one of the biggest ways you can hurt people is with their religion. Oh, yeah. Which we need to do a show on that, like, in the future, because I think that is a really big thing. A lot, how a lot, we, just a lot of church hurt and how a lot of church has been used to abuse people and how it has um, condemned people. So we're going to get on that. Um, but right now, we're going to jump to the phone line. Um, I know, uh, I believe this is probably JR. JR, is Yeah, what's going on, brother? Oh, we got a lot going on today. We're talking about this whole DOMA and Proposition 8. But um, before we get to um, what you had to say, I want to read an IM because we now have an IM service on. Um, that, that we're using for the Urban Wire. Someone sent us, by, um, someone named Kevin sent us um, this comment. All right. Um, here's a question. This is this is him. Um, he says, um, "Why do so many proponents for gay marriage appear to be so closed-minded about those that oppose it?" Those that oppose it have been told for decades that it's wrong. It's against their religion, and it's not for the federal government or courts to decide. Why can't we have some compassion, patience, and understanding for them? They have to be freaking out at all the changes that are coming. We need to allow them to ventilate their fears and misunderstandings in a compassionate and patient way. If we just pile on judgment on those that judge, how we get how are we any different? How are we any closer to bridging the gap by being that way? I have a wonderful answer for that. Yes. Number one, first standpoint I would take with that is a marriage did not evolve to the situation that it is today. Overnight, you know, people out there, as a whole, are more than willing to discuss and explain things, and talk to them about things, and try and get them to see what's really going on with it. But when you are met, as you are a person, as you are an individual, it's being disenfranchised by something. If you are met with bigotry, hate, animus, and told that you're worthless by all of these people that say, by God, you're not going to change it, how do you think that they're going to respond? if If the opposing side was willing to sit down and listen to what we had to say, 
and actually hear it in a civilized dialogue and conversation. We would just about anyone in the gay community would trip over themselves to be to sit down with them over a cup of coffee and say, "Hey, here's what we got. This is why it is." And to say also, the other thing I would have to say to them is my gay marriage is not going to say you can't get married if you're heterosexual. If you're heterosexual, nothing is going to change for you. Everything can remain the same rosy way it's been for you for thousands of years. You can have that. You still have that. But the other thing I have to say is you have that option. I don't. And the fact that I'm wanting it, I don't really care what you think about it. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and I, and, and what's so ironic is the person that sent that. You know, I, I really think I don't know if they were playing devil, devil's advocate, but that person is actually gay themselves. So I and don't I, know. That's I think is still a good point because that is one of the points that the other side is making. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not that anybody anybody that is gay or in favor of marriage equality would be more than happy to sit down and discuss it with somebody, as long as the person that's against it isn't going to be sitting there going, you're wrong, you're going to hell, you don't believe in God, you're this and you're No, if they want to sit down and listen and have a heart-to-heart explanation, I think just about anybody would be more than willing to do that. All right, Michael, we're going to give um, Jr. a chance to say something. I know he's on the road. That's what's part of all the background is coming from, so we're going to bring him back into the conversation. Um, did you hear that I am or that message that was sent in to us? What, what, what is your feelings about that, Jr. and what is your just your whole view on uh, Prop 8 and Donna in general? Um, and we want an honest I, opinion. I know you're going to give the honest truth. You're always getting an honest answer out of me. Well, you know, I used to be one of them guys. Uh, I was asked not that long ago by uh, my daughter, you know, who, uh, you know, she she's uh, playing both sides of the field, you could say. Uh, she asked me what I thought about it, you know, whenever she came out to me. And I told her, it's your life, hon, you know, you just need to worry about making establishing yourself in life first. And then you'll have more than enough time to figure out who you are. Now, I used to, I also told her, I said, if you would have said this to me 10 years ago, you would have seen a totally different side of me. Ooh. Yeah, uh, uh, ten, 10 years ago, I was on that side, anti-gay marriage and all this and that, you know. And through getting to know many people in the homosexual community, Plus my own family members, you know, such as uh, my t- my cousins, you know, I-, I got gay and a lesbian cousin. Um, you know, it- it eventually my 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 views change. You know, um, and, and let me ask you this real quick, Jr. I mean, we could yeah. talk this up earlier, and I think a lot of people, when we, especially talking about politicians or like justices. And how they're going to probably um, um, be, you know, um, how they're going to probably rule in this. Do you think when people are more, that are more indirectly impacted by something, just in general, do you think they take more compassion or they're feeling 
um, more so in favor of it? Do you, you, you think that a lot of you know, people, uh, when you're hit with it directly, you know, that's when people, like, about me too. Like, why is it, like, when your son is gay, sometimes you care about this gay, then, then then the topic is relevant, you know, uh, but if, it's not, if it doesn't impact you, that's when you're against. Well, you know, it, it, I, I, I've always, you know, there's an old saying, ignorance is bliss, you know? And uh, whenever you got everyone from the media on to the uh, church groups and all, there's a lot of people influenced by their beliefs through their churches, you know? And whenever you got that happening, you get classifications, you know? To me, there's no difference between gay marriage and heterosexual marriage. Marriage is marriage. At some point, you're gonna be miserable, you know. Oh, oh Lord, <laughs> but, <laughs> that's good. But but you know, what it comes down to is uh, they, they they try to separate it by classifying it. You know, hell, there was a time not that long ago where interracial marriages were against the law. You know, so you know, society has come forth a lot. Through knowledge, you know, right. and the, the 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 more like with me, like I said, the more people I got to know, the were I hate saying members of the homosexual community, but you know what I'm saying on this. I know. Uh, yeah, they, the more people I got to know, uh, the the more it opened my mind, and the more that I was like, hey, these people ain't no different than me, you know. When I was growing up, it, it was. It was taboo to be a homosexual, you know. And now, you now it, it, you think it's more the thing that it was taboo to be, or do you think that? Because this is what I, I tell people all the time: the the whole thing of homosexuality is not new. It's a concept that's not new, but people are open about it. People have been practicing homosexuality. People have been shoved in the closet for ages or since the beginning of time. We're just now, as a society, becoming open to it. And, and this is what and this is what I was saying earlier before you got on. People got to look at it from a point of view. Okay, it's nice and, and wonderful to have have the ceremony and go to the church, go to the church, go down there to their pastor and get married, and, and, and then have that dinner, that reception after the wedding where you had that fried chicken or you know you had that you know, that big old cake or whatever you, you desire, your, your heart desires that you want to have at the reception. But it's, it's more than that. A lot of people don't fail to realize that it's about equality and just and, and not being in a situation to where if your partner dies and, you know, having to life together and and one of the partners dies, and the family can come in and take everything from you because your marriage or your relationship is not it's, it's not recognized legally recognized by the government, and that's the thing. Like you know, a lot of people have what, what, what makes your relationship any more valid than theirs? See what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I do get that. I, I really do. Um, 
the thing is, uh, you know, on, on cases like that, I mean, it, you could do uh, your will, you know, where it's your last testament, you know, and bam, they they, they got to abide by it. There's nothing, it can't be taken to court, you know, it's a last legal document that you leave. Actually, yeah, yeah. it can be taken to court and it can be nullified. Actually, wills can be taken to court, and they can be nullified, and they can be overridden in gay relationships. No kidding. Yes, absolutely can. Wow. Well, I, I, I'm corrected. <laughs> yep. And the reason you see that, and it's not just a gay thing, too, but that's where you see a lot of issues, like with some of these Hollywood stars who leave large sums of money to other people or whatever, and then the family members come in, they tie it up in court, and then they end up picking apart the will and getting it whittled down to basically nothing. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I've seen that a couple of times, but, you know, I, I kind of side with the family on them aspects, like these people are leaving multi-millions of dollars to their pet, you know? Oh. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. But, but this, but, this uh, is the thing, though. The family shouldn't get nothing. First of all, if you haven't helped build that that person, you haven't helped them build their their life, and you you've been one of those families that have disowned your child or family member because of their their sexual orientation and their lifestyle. Why should you? What gives you the right to come in? Okay, you haven't been around. You haven't given a shit about them. And what gives you the right, or what what gives you any leg to stand on that you should come in? And take everything that they own and leave the partner with nothing. That's just not right. I don't care if you don't agree with the lifestyle. That's just straight up evil. That's 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 just not right. That's not ethical. It's 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 nothing about that that even makes sense. Why would you come around like a vulture and say that you can come in and that person and cook and get everything from them and you haven't had anything to do with them and you haven't you haven't paid a bill. You ain't paid. A dime on taxes You haven't done anything You feel that you can come in And take over that person's estate You know I mean I, I, I think that's cool I think that's cool I think that is unreasonable And I think it's unacceptable Oh, oh by the way Not to get off the topic But you just reminded me of something uh, did, did you hear about the guy that, that guy in New Jersey That just hit the Powerball This latest Powerball Mm-mm. He uh, they won't, they won't let him collect, though. He pays $25,000 and back due child support. Yep. And don't tell me that he ain't going to pay you. He <laughs> <laughs> well, well, ended up quitting his job and all that after he won. And now he, he, he can't collect that, and they have a bench warrant up for his arrest. Yeah, it, it, yeah. You know, a little funny bit of irony there. <laughs> no, I you know me, I don't have any pity for a dead beat. I just I don't. So I'm I'm glad to hear that justice will be served. And sorry that um Powerball ticket that you got it's not gonna do you any good. You'll be sitting in jail. Yeah, hey, Ron, hey, it, it, how, how funny would that be? He's sitting in jail, let's see, he'd have to pay the full twenty five to get out. And you know and he's probably, probably enough. He got all that money, and he probably won't even use that money to pay to pay pay that child support. That's but imagine what it'll be when they recalculate what he has to pay in child support. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, you, you know, right now his ex-wife is sitting there saying, happy days are here again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, happy days. <laughs> oh, Lord. oh, happy days. <laughs> She's looking at her. And her kids go, you're my little gold mines. I knew you'd pay off. <laughs> I, I was like, somebody's going to have a nice Easter outfit or Easter wardrobe this Easter. Uh-huh. And the Easter bunny that came and paid them all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it's like I was saying earlier about it being a taboo. What I, what I, the way I meant that was, you know, uh, back in the 80s, you know, I mean, a lot more people started coming out of the closet and all that. But, you know, if you were in high school or middle school, you got picked on for being like that. We oh, we had two yeah. sexual guys in my class. Ooh, and they, yeah. and they were picked yeah. on to no end just because they were, you know. And, uh, and so, you know, a lot of guys, there's been a couple of guys that have come out since. But they, uh, you know, the entire time that they were – in the closet during school, they they were some of the bullies of some of these other guys, you know. But, but isn't it just isn't it just amazing how the dynamic has changed since even you know even ten years ago? Like even when I graduated high school, I mean it wasn't such a bad thing, but still people got picked on. But it wasn't like you may have been in previous years. But now it seems like now. All these bisexual, all of them are coming out of the closet, and it seems like now, if you're not gay or bisexual, you're not you're not popular. Yeah, yeah. I know that when yeah. I was in, I graduated high school in the late '90s, and in the late '90s, still, it wasn't cool. It was not cool, and you, if you were, you kept your mouth shut because if you had opened your mouth about that, you'd be in deep trouble. <laughs> you'd be in deep trouble. Yeah, yeah. Translation: You get your ass beat. <laughs> Whoa! 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 Yeah, that's, that's what it that's what it was, you know. And, and then, you know, it, it, it's just funny now how things like these kids they don't realize how. It's a, I just don't. I have. I, I'm glad that they're being more open now. And they're being more about. But to me, I just don't feel comfortable with. With kids at an extremely young age, saying that they know what their sexual orientation is, and I mean, my thing is, you shouldn't even be thinking about that stuff at a certain age. I think you need to be worrying about getting your education and getting your money right, and, 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 and worrying about all that stuff later on in life. Yeah, that's what I feel. Yeah. But yeah, they they uh you know they, it it what I find funny is these people that are coming out against these things, you know, wrapping themselves in the Christianity cloth, and you wouldn't find them within a hundred yards of a church because they'd burn alive if they set foot near it. That's you know, and, it, and that's so and that is so so right, like. How is these people that claim to be so religious and, and they're so so much against and they want to read the Bible, they don't know nothing about the Bible. And you want to jump on the bandwagon condemning gay people, but like you said, 
you set your unholy behind, like, ain't no telling what you doing. It's all right for you to sleep around. It's all right for you to uh, knock up women and not, not take care of the children. It's all right for you to, to rob, kill, and steal. But, you know, but, but it's un- unacceptable for a gay person to be gay. But it's all right for you to do all this stuff. But you, it, it's just like, it's almost like you pointing your finger at them to take the attention off of you. Oh, no, no, that's about the Bible. Greatest uh, hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, uh-huh. you know, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you have some other comments from the chat room? Um, I think that's it. I don't know if mean, you guys have anything else to add to the discussion. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, if you wouldn't have said my name, I was gonna come in, throw a little bit of a southern accent, be like, "That's out of my name." Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How legit, how seriously can you take someone that stands up there with this big old drawn out mountain southern? Accent that's standing there with one tooth and says, It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. There you go. <laughs> or they go to the other extreme. Where if we allow this, then where does it end? Do we, do we allow donkey shows to be illegal and people marrying dogs? And come on, get out of here with that. You know? Which, you know, it's funny though, but I'm glad you mentioned that, JR, because in the Supreme Court, in the debates, and I can't remember if it was in Prop 8 or if it was in DOMA, Sonia, uh, Justice Sotomayor questioned them and said, okay, so what about the argument of uh, allowing people, numerous people to be married, like in a polygamous style? And the guy yeah. that was in favor of gay marriage, he stood up and said no. He said that he said that there are laws on the books that have preve- that were put in place to prevent patriarchy and things such as that to prevent abuse. He said those are actually prohibiting a conduct that has negative results. He says whereas we're just debating the marriage between two people. So they. That was something they brought up, and it's funny that you mentioned that, but that was actually an aspect that they brought up and said, no, we're being very clear here. Ah. Because that is one of the things that the opposition has tried to cite for several years of, well, what's next, polygamy, marrying your pet? You know, but it's true. That's some of the arguments they've actually tried to bring up. They, 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 common sense should just take over at some point. Us as human beings, we like to think we're so evolved over the animal kingdom and what's up. But the ignorance that we show is just ridiculous, you know? It, 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 I mean, it, it, just, it, it truly blows my mind whenever you sit there and you think about it. Yeah. You know, I, again, if you don't separate, if you don't classify, if you just talk marriage, and, and it's like I, it's like I told you, Seneca. You know, whenever 
whenever you talk politics, don't discuss, you know, what one political party says. Don't let the person know what the political party says. Just, right. just hey, do you, what do you think about this? And let right, them know right, right. With, in what political party. And you end up finding out you agree on most stuff. Now, the second you throw a label and classify yeah, Republican or Democrat, that's where people start differing, you know? It's the same deal with this. If you, so you think if it's you more start like a psychological about, thing? You think it's more like a psychological Like when you use party, it's more of a psychological thing. And like you said, you make a good point. Like if we use common sense on most issues, then it wouldn't even be room for debate a lot of times. Like you said, you'll find that, like you said, I agree with you, you'll find that you have more similarities than differences. But you know what? That makes good sense. Yeah, I I, th- I think it, it, it's a psychological thing, you know, because we're yeah, from childhood we're we're brought up to think, you know, hey, we're different than this or that, you know, whether it's like okay, you know, your kid, you, you as a kid going up to your parent, well, why can't I have this? Well, they just uh, you know, so and so got this. Well, we can't. We ain't them. You know, right there they start throwing the separation, the classification, you know, into your mind. Uh, and it goes further than that. Like whenever you're in school, it starts getting taught to the schools, you know. But if you take away that classification factor, there really is never a debate. Right. You know, people are like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Well, yeah, it got done by so and so. Oh no, then I disagree with it. Mm-hmm. You know, that is a good point. It's like I told you, man. I'm the first to admit that ten years ago, if you would have met me ten years ago, we still would have been cool. But the issue of gay marriage would have been brought up. I would have been entirely on the other side of the of the park there. You know, I, I absolutely would have. You know. And it, it was just through getting to know people and having an open mind and learning their lifestyles and being like, oh, wow, these people are no different than me, you know? Yeah. Hey, you know, my mind was changed. But, but you know, I think people, that, that's the thing of becoming mature and, and just evolving as just a human being. You learn, and over time you evolve, you know, with with knowledge. You, you, you know, you learn, when you learn more, you can, you know, when you – like I always say, like, even Deandra, she used to be on this song, he said, we don't know any better, you're not going to do any better. And I think when you, when you learn and you, you start educating yourself and you become open, you evolve as a person. You know, but you can't ignorance and truth remain, you know, in that, in that one track kind of thinking. You don't always see that way. You don't have that barbaric or that... that, that Okay, I thought I lost you, man. Oh, I'm here. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just something I just wanted to bring up um, tonight. And, you know, um, you know, I want people to go back and listen to this show and just, just you know, just take it, take, you know, 
just take what we say, you know, you know, just be, keep an open mind of it because Michael did a really good job of breaking this stuff down legally. I think this is going to be a really educational and informative program more so than opinion-based. And I think um, I think we did a pretty good job for the most part just, just presenting the facts. And, you know, um, I hope you guys learned something out of this. Um, we will also, I do have the web address if people would like to go download the uh, actual arguments that were presented in the courts themselves. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, supremecourt.gov, S-U-P-R-E-M-E-C-O-U-R-T dot G-O-V. And they have the links on their page. You may have to read them and do some clicking, but it will eventually take you to where you can download either a PDF file of the written transcript or the uh, an MP3 audio of the entire oral arguments. So I really would like to see people, you know, go, download it, listen to it for yourself, see what's out there. And, and even if you don't find it on there, I've even they have people have uploaded the audio to YouTube now, so it's really no excuse for you not to say, "Well, I, I couldn't find it, or I couldn't, you know, I, yeah. I didn't have access to it." It's it's out there. So oh, that's you, good. I didn't know that had happened yet. Oh yeah, you know anything? You can it find anything. <laughs> What'd you say? It stands to reason. You're right. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's no reason for people. The knowledge is out there if you want to become educated, but if you choose to remain ignorant and you choose not to, you know, uh, be informed, that's on you. You know, and I think that's the problem with a lot of people now. It's, it's no, you know, ignorance is no excuse these days. I mean, there's too many resources out here for people to uh, to educate themselves and become Acquainted with what's going on in the world around me, so uh, that's it. But like we, like I said, we definitely gonna have to do a show on church hurt and church. Um, how the church is really, and I'm not talking about but how a lot of religion has harmed a lot of people more so than helped people. So we really need to get on that topic soon. I believe that would be. Something that I think a lot of people could relate to. Good uh, thing to bring up coming up here with the Easter season. Um, I kind of hate with Easter coming up on Sunday. I kind of hate that we didn't really get a chance to do anything. I might do a special uh, broadcast on Sunday. Uh, holiday block. It just depends because I know some people are going to be doing a lot with family, but I might do something on Easter, you know, a little something religious or whatever. I, I you know, I'll let you guys know. Um, and you can keep in, uh, keep up with our updates for our future shows um, by joining our Facebook group page. Just look us up under UCOFW. Um, once again, our IM address, you can send us IMs like any time, but definitely through the show. But, like, if, you, if you're online want to send an IM, send it to the Urban Wire underscore Indy, and um, we'll get back with you. Or and you can eat. Mm-hmm. Also, tell them which client. That's on the Yahoo Messenger client. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Yahoo Messenger. Yahoo Messenger, um, just get on there and um, send us an IM, send us a friend request so we can send, you know, you can keep up with our status updates. We can send you messages and everything like that. Uh, once again, it's the Urban Wire 
underscore Indy. And um, that's about it. We have our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash UCOFW. Michael has his website, sunrisehumanity.com. And, um, yeah, you you were saying how you uh, had went to an event last week that that you were invited to? Uh, Yes, there was uh, a couple of different apartment complexes. Uh, some very nice ones, I might add, that were having a uh, spring festival and had a rather of an, an availability to a very broad multicultural audience over there. And they were wanting to do uh, things to do with basically of all religions and a get-together of like celebrating spring festivities. Most common here in America, of course, Easter, but you know there are different various ones for other religions as well. So I was invited to that as a, a Reiki practitioner, kind of, you know, and I was pr- there to promote my website and what I do with the Reiki practice and the spiritual openness and uh, other metaphysical type of consultation things that I deal with and holistic medicine regimens and got to meet some really nice people over there and had a really good time and made some interesting, made some new friends and made a few connections and Hopefully we'll see some more come out of that here down the road soon. All right, sounds good. So do you think um, going forward, are you going to offer, like, materials for people on your website? Are you going to be doing, like, any um, lectures or have any things to sell, CDs or anything that you – or projects that you're going to be working on or anything? In the future? I really need to. <laughs> I really need to get to that. My long-term goal would be branching out in all different areas of metaphysical instruction. Uh, but first and foremost, I you know have my Reiki practice, my private practice for the Reiki that I do, which is a spiritual holistic healing method. Um, mm-hmm. But having that and wanting to move forward with that, and then yeah, that's something that I'm looking at. I think you and I know that you have really been a big proponent of me doing that, and I need to really do it. But yeah, some lectures, some materials there. I have to look at some of my website integration and see how I can tie that together a little bit more, but hopefully in this year... Trying to get you paid now. Hopefully this year you're going to see some stuff come in and see some things being done that's going to be making more availability out there. That's good. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much about, you know, what's going on with us and stuff. I just want to thank everybody that's listening. Um, and I know a lot of you guys, you know, it's kind of late, so I know, that, you know, I know a lot of you guys will go back and listen to the audio later. So I just want to appreciate all our fans, people that have supported us, people that listen to us, and the messages um, that call in. You know, we don't take it lightly. Um, and we just try to foster a, a, an environment of, you know, just being open, you know, but being respectful at the same time. And, you know, um, the thing about it is, you know, you think about being an adult and just you have to accept criticism sometimes, but you we can all be constructive about it too. So, you know, it's just about just coming together and being open and um exchanging ideas, um and just, you know, maybe maybe thinking about something, you know, 
in a different light that you didn't think about it from, you know, previously. And that's why I was talking to just Jr. Um, a few minutes ago. It's all about just evolving over time, you know. It's all, you know, and that's the good thing. If you're evolving as a human being and you're looking at things and becoming more open over time, that's that's what that's the important thing. So I think that's all I had tonight. Uh, you have anything else? Uh, no, not that I can think of offhand. All right. Well, once again, we just want to thank you. Uh, the Urban Wire, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. Um, just uh, check back for updates. We might do a show this Sunday um, for the holiday, but I'll let you guys know for sure. And we will talk to you soon. <laughs>